Hey everybody, Tony Kriz here. Hey, we got a really fun episode. Uh, bringing back everyone's favorite Pilgrim Lost host, Kari Gale, the Pilgrim Lost OG. She's going to host this episode and interview me as we talk about all things Camino del Norte and the Pilgrim life. So I hope you enjoy that. But before we start, I just have some um, some some rough news uh, that's going to affect the pod and also our lives is um, uh, producer Mark, who's been my partner on this for the last year and a half. Uh, producer Mark has just been diagnosed with uh, brain cancer and he's actually going in for surgery in the next week. It's bad. It's moving quickly. Um, and so uh, he had to sort of spontaneously retire from helping produce the podcast. I don't know how that affects the future of Pilgrim Lost at this point. I have to think that through and would appreciate any advice any of you have. But for now, just thoughts and prayers with Mark. If you are on speaking terms with the divine, um, please uh, send up a request on his behalf. They're obviously going through a lot and he's really um, speaking unbelievable with unbelievable gratitude about uh his life and how close he feels to the divine in the midst of this and thankful to all of you and thankful that he was able to walk the camino just three months ago um and that 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 may be one of the last things that he does um on this earth and so big big stuff so but for now here's pilgrim lost welcome to Pilgrim Lost. Come walk with us while we explore life in hopeful motion. Well, good morning. It is a sunny, beautiful day here in Portland, Oregon. And um, you're probably wondering who in the heck is this voice coming to you from the past, but it is Kari Gale. Kari Hi. Gale! <laughs> I had a wonderful invitation from Tony Chris to come on Pilgrim Lost and to uh, get to have a the first the first uh, kind of oh my gosh the question asking session the conversation actually it's just more of me getting to talk to Tony about the Camino Norte so yeah um, we've been wanting to have this conversation so we decided to have it on. The podcast which makes total sense so um i'm super excited to hear about tony's um event he just got back when did you get back tony tell us when you got back i got back um i got back to oregon 13 days ago 13 days 13 days ago are you still a little bit in shell shock i don't i can't i don't know hmm. i don't know i'm like i transitioned really quickly this time like hmm. the first night i slept right through the night and woke up in a normal time and that's wow. weird and my energy's been good uh but um at the same time i'm i'm i don't, I don't know if you had this but i've just been off balance i've been like it's hard to be productive um i don't want to walk that's really the strangest wow. thing is i i like i have not gone walking once since i've been back i'm like I'm I'm done walking for a while. It's <laughs> that makes sense. Because last time when I came back, all I wanted to do was walk, like oh, every day. Interesting. And this time, I'm like, I don't. Walking sounds like a real pain in the ass. Like I do not want to walk. I'm going to climb in my car and I'm going to drive places, which is not well, very pilgrimy. 
it's also super cold right now. It is, the wind is blowing. It's very, very, um, I mean, I went out walking the other day and I bundled up and man, I was, I was like, this will be a quick walk. Cause it was so, so cold. So that could also yeah. be, but what you said actually is really the basis for this conversation is I really want to hear the differences between your first pilgrimage and this pilgrimage, because there's got to be so much, so many differences from your mindset to your experience to oh the gosh. different, the different um, Caminos. And so I just really want to dig into that. So and, and I know you've done multiple ones. So you're like one of the only people I have that I know can really relate to it. Cause, and so first of all, one of the big differences is that people just aren't that interested in this one. Like I haven't had really oh anybody gosh. like, just want to go oh, let's just sit and talk about your experience you know yeah it's like hey did you, oh you're back was, was it good yeah it was great okay so uh, did you watch the blazers game i mean people just move on immediately and i'm like wow I, maybe i've just talked about the camino too much so that people are like tired of hearing me talk about it because nobody's interested so that's one thing that's different <laughs> And and you then you gravitate towards other people that you can talk to about it. Well, like me. I've been looking forward to talking to you because I'm because like last time when I came back, you like sat me down in your garden and and like made me show you all 463 photos I had taken, you know, and yeah. you're like you just wanted to talk it all through, you know, because you understand that I think you both understand the that all those moments are important, but you also understand that the pilgrim needs to be able to externalize their experience or as part of sort of part of the um, part of the liturgy of the time. So. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most profound parts of the whole thing. And so to cut that off feels like it's almost like you didn't, you don't get to finish the Camino if you don't get to actually process through that. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back. Okay. Let's start with your mindset. How is your mindset going into this pilgrimage different from, and let's talk about, let's talk about preparation and then let's talk about, you know, physical preparation. And then let's talk about emotional preparation. Oh boy. So, so much to talk about. Um, I mean, we could just, all, we could just go on that and that would be the I podcast. <laughs> Part one. Um, so first of all, uh, I put, I was planning this one for like two and a half years. You know, I was supposed to go on my 50th birthday, but then COVID hit. And so I ended up going over my 52nd birthday. I turned 52. I was over there. And um, so I've been, I've been slow baking this one for a long time. You know, the last one, I made the decision to go like a few weeks beforehand. I threw some stuff in a backpack and climbed on a plane and hardly did any prep and just showed up in St. John and started walking. This time it's just the opposite. Like I, I was micromanaging everything in my bag and thinking and rethinking and, and unpacking and packing right up until the time I left. And I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, there's, there's been all this talk about how busy the Camino has been this year and I'm super worried about it. And even, even the reports right before I left was that the, the Camino was packed even, even in late September when I started. Wow. So I was like, Oh, do I need to, do I need to take like a hammock with me just in case I need to sleep outside. Are there going to be beds available? Like, I mean, till the last minute I had a hammock in my bag and then I pulled it out at the end and um, it ended up that the Camino was empty, totally empty. You. Do you think this had to do with the Frances versus the Norte? Okay. It's, it happened overnight. Like the week before I got there, people were saying there were no beds. And then I got there and I mean, I could tell you stories that would, 
I stayed in like a 50 bed albergue and I was the only person. Wow. There wasn't even a host. Like I was the only person in the building. It was like living in a horror movie. It was oh. so scary. <laughs> I was in, it was one of those really industrial albergues where it's yeah. just, you know, it kind of feels like a hospital inside, you know? Yeah. And I was yeah. the only one in there. Huge industrial kitchen, you know, the whole thing. And I was the only one. I'm like, this is so weird. And then you'd walk into towns and basically all the albergues had just closed that week. Like doors locked, can't wow. get in. And so, you know, you're walking in and the and the guidebook says six, six albergues in this town. You walk in and you go to five and they're all closed. And then you get to the edge of town and there'll be like one of the... Um, municipal albergues and that one will be open and everybody just stays there where you just kind of you know crash on top of each other but wow just wild i would go whole days strange to me because of the because it was october right you were walking in october which isn't that late it's actually a wonderful time to walk yeah but the norte closes the norte Uh, i mean because of the rain and the weather up there we were i mean i was there were i went i went a week of walking in just like sideways rain just so uh it was the weather was wild that was, that was actually a really great imitation of sideways rain <laughs> um uh and i'll tell you this back to the preparation thing um, yeah i if i when i go again i will not take a raincoat i am all poncho all the way <gasps> no i have become poncho boy i love my poncho so much I'm, I'm from this day forward, I'm going to be a poncho. I've been anti-poncho, but I, I bought one at the last minute. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, if I have to sleep outside, I might, I might need it for a cover or whatever. It's yeah. whatever. I wore my raincoat once and put it in my bag and didn't wear it again. I was poncho every day. The poncho is amazing. Okay. Tell me why. Okay. Okay. Here's why. First of all, poncho on, off, on, off, on, off. Don't have to take off your backpack fantastic so the, with oh. the weather's changing a lot two and this is the thing that people don't know if you get the poncho that's got like the open sides like mine had like a velcro down the sides it was basically yeah. just a big tarp that you put over your head and it had the hood and the, the little you know whatever like you can wear it in six different positions depending upon the weather you can have like full encased in plastic super yeah. poncho or you take the hood off and suddenly your head's cool if it's just sort of misting or you like tuck it up in your like breast strap yeah, right? you tuck it in there, and then there's no poncho on the front. There's only poncho on the back if it's just like a light. And then you can put it like all the way back over your head, or you can tuck it up behind you like a cape if it's going to stop raining for a little while. And then you just want to put it back on, tuck it back, t- bring it down. It's amazing, and you don't have to stop walking. And you know me; once I start walking, I hate to stop, even to change my socks. I hate to stop. I want to keep walking, and so you yeah. just the poncho is amazing. I'm I'm a hundred percent a poncho guy. Wow. Okay, I have to admit. I saw photos of you in the poncho and I was like, he's in a poncho. And I judged you. You judged judged, me. I judged you. But you know what? That makes complete and total sense. I just remember very vividly. uh, You remember this? You know, have you ever watched the Hunger Games? Yeah. Where the the people are controlling the weather. Yeah. And they're like turning it on and off. Like the moment they do something, they're like, okay, now it's going to be a this or that, a flash flood. This is how my sister and I felt when we were walking. Because we, the moment we take our jacket off, it would rain. Right. And then you take five minutes, put the whole thing back on again. And I was that be- way the first two weeks. 
<laughs> and I was always like waiting just a little bit too long to pull my poncho out or to put my coat on. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, it, it may not last. And I'm an Oregonian. I can handle a little rain. Then suddenly you're, you're too soaked and you got to walk four hours, you know, and then you're like, whatever. Now it's not going to help at all with the poncho. You just put it on first chance. First okay. time you just even wonder. And then you just tuck it back and you, okay. and you just wait. I until... think it might be, I might be a convert. I might be uh, yeah. a convert. Okay. So poncho, that was one. Was there anything else? Cause I know that you, uh, I packed too much again. You always pack too much. I, I was like 30. I had to have been 32, 33 pounds with water. Holy mother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so much fun. Did I you, did you get rid of stuff? No, I actually liked it. I, I had this weird, I had this weird epiphany about a week in, um, that, that, my backpack was a, was a gift that, mm. that the, the added weight was sort of in a, it was sort of I I know this sounds so stupid, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm taking on more. I'm, I'm mm. it, the, the task has just become 10% harder and I I'm going to embrace the hardness of it or whatever. And I'm telling you, Kari, I know when were you were asked about preparation, but the Norte is so hard. Mm. compared to the Francais, the Norte is so hard. It, it was the greatest physical feat of my, of my entire life. I know. Wow. wow. I know. I mean, it was so much vertical and, um, the weather was, was a little overwhelming, but, um, it was really, really hard and it's long too. You know, it's another yeah. 80 kilometers longer than the Francais. So did you end up taking, what route did you take down? Did you go down, did you follow it all the way down or did you? I took the Norte the whole way. Okay. I took the Norte the whole way. Not only to take the Norte the whole way, but I didn't even intersect with the Francais until after the airport. I was oh. that far into Santiago before I even re-engaged because there's a, there's a new trail that comes off the, the Norte. They're trying to get everybody to take that's, that stays in the countryside. Mm. So you don't have to get down into Disneyland Camino. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I chose to avoid Disneyland Camino. Little did I know nobody was on the Francais. When I got to the Francais, there was nobody on it. Wow. It was so weird. I, I, I saw your picture in, you know, in the plaza and I was like, there's no one there. There's no one there. Wow. Did, okay. So, okay. So <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping around, but yeah. uh, let, let's put it, let's put a marker in that and go back. Okay. Uh, Want to go back to the preparation. So as far as emotionally when you were heading out like how did this feel different because yeah. i think that's super important yeah um yeah emotionally it was a you know we do the podcast and i talk about you know trekking all the time and so part of it felt really like no big deal mm. like mm -hmm. a flew into irun uh, I had a hotel bed the first night. I just, uh, I mean, I was a little giddy the first day, you know, just idea walk in was, but, um, but getting there, it just, it kind of felt like a Tuesday. It was just kind of, yeah, this is, this, this kind of part of what I do is I'm a trekker. So mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling super romantic about it. Um, I also probably was a little cocky in that, like, I know how to do this now. I've done it before. I've got lots of friends who've done it. I've been, you know, I've talked to 
I've had a thousand conversations about the Camino and, and long distance trekking. So I kind of got this thing dialed a little bit, which of course proved to be wrong. I didn't have it dialed at all. And, um, uh, and I think that like my spiritual state was very similar to the first time in the sense that I really tried to, I really tried to go without an agenda with no, I did. I wasn't asking the Camino for anything. Mm. I, I was at this and I was, I was submitting to whatever the walk wanted to provide. Yeah. So, um, that, that felt true. And this walk was so different spiritually than the first one. I mean, Okay, so nice just, day. let's get into that then. Why was it spiritually <laughs> different? Was it spiritually different because of the sheer physical strain and exhaustion? Did that is that how it and then that obviously merged into your into your spiritual yeah. state of mind? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I don't I don't know if I can lay out the exact equation. Sure. But, uh part of it was th this was um this was American gladiators. This was, this was a physical task and it felt like that every day Two, the Norte is not religious the way the Francais is. Mm, you sense. don't have pilgrim mass in the afternoon offered in the towns. You're not, you're not getting blessed by clergy. You're not, there's not all the statues and all the monuments and all the church history and all the, um, Templar night stuff and all that. None of that's on it. It's really a path that they've created probably to get more tourists into that section of the country. I mean, I'm, I don't want to be too, but it doesn't feel like this great historical religious thing. Yeah. And, the, and then the people who walk it reflect that. I mean, when you walk, when you walk the Francais, I mean, people aren't necessarily religious, but you know, one in three people are at least talking about their spirituality or, that this is something, you know, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to deal with the loss of a child or they've just gone through divorce or they, they, they lost their job or they're looking for the next thing. And, you know, they're yeah. really processing something deep and spiritual about their life. No one's talking like that on the Norte. Really? No one. Everyone are gladiators. They are effing gladiators. They are <laughs> out to conquer mountains. That is why they are there. And when at the end of the day, they want to sit around and drink and laugh and tell stories. Mm. That's it. And it's really lovely. I mean, I, yeah. I, so how did you receive that? How did you, and did you just enter into it? Well, and was you know, that kind really, of refreshing? I'm, I'm such, I like love that spiritual shit. I love it. You know, I love people's inner life and yeah. getting into things with people. Nobody, I mean, though, I didn't hear the word God until probably. Wow three weeks in maybe maybe so did you kind of feel like you entered into the wrong cocktail party <laughs> <laughs> well i'm a, i'm always afraid that every cocktail party is the wrong cocktail party well but, or the wrong pub or whatever i don't yeah, know like, um, you know like or did you adjust did I, you no adapt? i just had to adjust i just had to adjust and um i had to let go of that part of the story and sort of leave it for santiago mm -hmm. um and Certainly entering in a holy year is different. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so we can talk about that. So, but, um, so, so you were, you were, we were talking about the equation. So, yeah. So the people aren't particularly spiritual. The road's not particularly spiritual. And then I, the last time I walked and you've known me for 20 years, 
uh, the first time I walked, I spent the whole time in lament. Mm. It was all grief. It was all my past. It was all processing mistakes I've made, processing guilt that I feel, processing um, failure, failures I've had in my past. I was just really churning through you know, my parents, the loss of my parents, you know, I was churning through and just past, 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 past. This time, my soul wanted nothing to do with my past. Like mm. not one time did I think about my past the entire time. I was all today and future. That was all wow. I was, and not even future very much. It was all today. I was just thinking about my family and my home and Portland and how, how blessed my life is and how I, how I want to like just embrace this season and not sort of let it slip away. But not, I wasn't doing any of that, you know, going through the attic in my mind and going through the old boxes thing. I wasn't doing that at all, which really surprised me. Well, I think that that's really beautiful though, in the fact that had you not done that journey on the Frances, you probably, and let's say the Norte had been your first pilgrimage. Right. Right. Like it seems like for you, that sequence was appropriate and that you needed to go through all of that processing because I could see how if you had gone on the Norte first and you wanted to go through that and no one else was really doing that, it would have felt like this almost like a the juxtaposition would have been too much, but because you were able to kind of just enter into this particular Camino mindful of just the moment and all those other folks sounds like that's exactly what they were doing. Living yeah. very fully in their body in the moment because that's what the Camino Norte forces you to do. Yeah, it felt like it felt like kids at spring break a little bit. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we were just having fun, and you know, or or like surfers, you know, like surfing all day until you're exhausted, and then just hanging out on the beach around a fire and talking. You know, I have that's- to say, your photos you looked you looked really happy. Like there was these photos, like I haven't seen kind of that vibrancy in your face in photos for a really long time i was like he's having a really good time although at the same time you did have some really beautiful thoughtful writing that you did thank you and i loved it i loved reading those and i like you wouldn't have known like my sister and i were chatting we were chatting because i'd said that i was going to be talking with you today and she mentioned that she really enjoyed the reading as well. And she goes, it sounds like he's being really introspective, which is so funny because obviously hearing hearing from you, it wasn't as an introspective. It was introspective in a different way. Yeah. But if you go back and look at those, they they there's not a They're lot of in the yesterday. Moment. They're in the They're, moment. They're all yeah. things about, I want to be fully alive right now. I want to mm-hmm. notice the small things. I want to embrace the, the, the trial. I want to, you know, whatever. But it was it, there wasn't a lot in the... Cause it really was coming from my reflect every day. I would just walk and the, th- a thought would come to my mind and yeah. I would get, I would get to whatever town, get in my albergue. I'd wash my clothes, take a shower, get a, get a cerveza and sit down. And I, with my little keyboard on my phone and just, you know, and, and type yeah. away a, a little thought. And I really enjoyed that. And boy, the responses were great. I mean, mm. sometimes there were hundreds of people that, that responded to stuff. So, well, they're would, really, really beautiful. And I think that, that that's what people are people responding to that. I mean, that, that whole, the whole concept of just, you know, I mean, more and more we are aware that our moment, the moment that we have right now is really the only moment that we mm-hmm. have. Right. I mean, that sounded, that sounded repetitive, but you know what I'm saying? There is no future. <laughs> there is no past. I live this moment as my last little rent for you. 
card. I love it. I know I knew it was for men. I'm just, I wasn't going to start singing with you because I don't know that song very well and I would have ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, So in that headspace of, of current moment and celebration and gladiator, it did look like you're, I want to hear about your interaction with community, with the people there. Yeah. Yeah. And You've talked about this a lot and a lot of, I mean, this is one of the biggest things Mark talks about when he talks about being on the Camino. It's just the other people. Um, I, uh, how do I, I love to walk alone. This is, that's part of it. I don't walk, with other, I, I never walk with other people. Um, it just, it, I try to, and it just doesn't work. Like sometimes I can do it for a few hours, but, um, but in the evenings, but one of the things I probably was a weekend before. I ran into another native English speaker. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and my Spanish is pretty terrible. And um, most people's English was pretty terrible. The, the either zero or, or just, you know, not enough to have a real conversation. Yeah. So there was not, there was not a lot of like deep connecting. Uh, mm-hmm. Another reason why it felt a little bit more like surfers on the beach, you know, just sitting around, laughing and uh because when you can't go deep you can just kind of goof around with one another totally. and um but i did i ha- i did meet some really really phenomenal spanish men that were so unbelievably sweet to me mm. uh, about oh probably seven or eight days in um i had a long day it was probably a 28 29 mile day and Oof. all in the rain all in the rain and wind and oh gosh and, and it was in a weird spot where it's kind of like i could i could have walked could have walked like 18 miles or i had to walk 29 to get to an actually open albergue and I, at 18 i just wanted to keep going and so it was a dumb mistake and i i by the time by the end of the day i just had a i had a blister the size of a silver dollar under my under my left heel and uh it was terrible and it was raining so hard i couldn't even really change my socks like there wasn't just any care there's no care all i had to do is just get there you know just keep cinching my boots tighter and tighter and trying to make it and then your feet hurt from all the pressure and uh, and um anyway i get into this albergue and i'm trying to get myself settled whatever it's the end of the night and i've got my foot propped up on the table there's like seven or eight of us staying in this little albergue and I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do. And I can't see my heel, you know, cause it's, I'm not that flexible and blah, blah, blah. And these two Spanish men walk in Ramon and Eduardo, they come in, they don't introduce themselves. They don't even say hello. They like sort of walk by and they see my heel and they kind of stop and they're both staring at it. And they just start to banter like a couple schoolgirls over my heel with one another. <laughs> and they spent the next 30 minutes like caressing my foot and caring for my heel and bringing out their little medical bags and like doing all this. They never once, they did not ask me my name. They didn't ask permission. They just (laughs) went to work on this thing. And then uh, later that night, they, they made me prop my foot up again and they double checked it and whatever. And the next morning they wouldn't let me leave the Alberga until they checked it again and made sure everything was just right. And, and uh, they were so sweet to me. And then we just ended up seeing each other almost every night for the next week and a half, probably. 
Wow. Staying in the same places. We started like planning where we were going to stay so we could. And like Eduardo didn't speak a word of English and Ramon speaks a little, but you know, we were just hanging out and they were unbelievably affectionate human beings. I mean, just beautiful, affectionate. And then we met Antonio and Jose and that became the five of us. And it's just me hanging out with these Spanish guys. And so sweet that, that of my two Caminos, this, they were the most relationally satisfying mm. people I've, I've... And how interesting that you couldn't really have a conversation with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I, I practice my Spanish a lot. And there you go. Fun. <laughs> Did you find out where they were from in Spain? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, two of them were from Barcelona. One, uh, Eduardo's from about an, like two hours south of Barcelona in a town I didn't know. And then Antonio, where's Antonio from? can't remember off the top of my head but Mm. yeah they're they're so sweet so within the context you still walked by yourself most days but yeah 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 they would come in later and yeah in the village like you and Lissa would do yeah yeah so when you walked into Santiago at the end um I you I think you had written and I think I had a really busy day that day so I didn't remember reading exactly what you wrote but I think you were it was it was not what you had thought or, or was was the moment that you walked into you know kind of in front of the church because I know that you were yeah how, tell me how that went yeah we I I can't help but I think most people have a really romantic view of walking into Santiago and walking to the square and have this sort of dream of what it's going to be like and feel like or whatever and I had this whole plan that I was going to walk this country road into the outskirts of Santiago. And then I was going to stay on the edge of town, get a good night's sleep, get a shower. And then I was going to walk the last like five miles in and try and get in close to sunrise or something um, on my 30th day. Well, I walked into the, the, the weather was miserable the whole day, just Mm. rain and wind and yuck. And at this point I had shin splints, by the way, I got shin splints on the 27th day of walking, 27th day of walking shin splints in my right leg, super painful. Mm. And, uh, and I, so I, I had this plan to do this like 20, 24 mile day, 25 mile day. And then I was just going to do the last five miles. Well, I get to the place that I was going to stay. I'd, I'd reserved a bed a lot, man, a lot of reserving now. It's really, I, probably 10 of the days I didn't reserve. I just walked in and found something, but I was doing a lot of booking.com and, and uh, WhatsApp. Actually, everybody just uses WhatsApp. Now you oh. just send a message to the house and say, Hey, do you have, do you have a bed available? They say, what's your name? Here's my name. So it's super easy. easy, and, easy. I, and on WhatsApp, everybody just uses Google translate back and forth. So you just type in whatever your home language is and they just Google translate it back. So it works super oh, easy. That is easy. But um, so I, I got to the place that I'd reserved and it was disgusting. It was like a, it was like a, like a look, felt like a military base, like barracks. Mm. I was like, what the heck is this? And I walked around it and it was deserted. It was really creepy. It felt like a horror movie. And I was like, this is really creepy. And I was like, and it was raining. I was miserable in the shin splints. And I was just like, F it. I'm going to the square. Oh, wow. I, just, I, I walked away from, I had, I had already paid for my bed. I, uh, and I just walked away from the $14 or whatever it was. And, um, just, I just walked the last five miles, got in at 
closer to sunset and walked in and I was really, it was raining and I was really tired and ended up being a 30, basically a 30 mile day. Wow, Tony. <laughs> and, um, but I uh, walked in and then uh, I walked around a little bit and then Alex walked in who Alex was a guy that I, a German speaker who I'd been around we just seen each other almost from like the third day on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, he was an interesting bloke. Uh, spoke some English. Uh, I speak zero German, but, um, he's definitely an adventurer. He's definitely sort of a woo woo surfer gladiator guy. And we walked in and, you know, hugged and took pictures and did the whole thing. And, um, the next day was great. Honestly, mm. the next day, um, it still was raining, got raining a lot. Um, Iberia in, in October, the Western part of Iberia is just a nightmare. I mean, but, um, but I loved, I loved the cathedral. I love the Holy door. It was so much fun to walk through the Holy door. It's no, I mean, it's just a door, but I loved it. You know, I got all my sins forgiven by walking through the door. Feels so good. Hey, you can't beat it, right? <laughs> right. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take whatever I can get at this point. So. So, when you're thinking about that moment, that day, and sort of, was there? You know, listen. I talk a little bit about that whole. Um, you know, the post Camino blues kind of. Um, did you? Did you experience that last time? And how was that? How were your feelings different after this Camino as you knew that your Camino was at the end? Yeah. So both times I had 10 days or more after my Camino was over to just sort of decompress in Europe. Mm -hmm. And I know most people, that's a huge privilege that most people don't, don't have. Um, but I had it this time again, and it's really helpful to not jump right back into sort of normal life to just sort of decompress. And both times I, I spent it with friends, like old friends that live in Europe. So in that sense, it was pretty helpful. You say the blues. I don't know if I feel the blues. I just feel, I just feel like you said, I'm yeah, unbalanced. I yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I just don't, I probably just don't have a lot of patience for the mundane. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that feel maybe a little mundane right now. And, um, cause it's, it's, it's inspiring. I mean, it's inspiring. You, the Norte's, Kari, I, mean, I know you've, you've known this for a long time and it's been one of your dreams to go. Um, but it's beautiful. I mean, you're walking along the ocean half the time. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And then when you're not there, you're on top of a mountain. Cause you're just, you probably, probably went over 12 mountains. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So do you, do you feel like you have, and this is always a, an interesting question. Have you sated the Camino urge? Or is it, is it, is it? Yeah. 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 Good. Good question. Um, 
So last time when I came back, I told you definitively I wasn't going to go again. That I was right. done. I I'd done it. I checked that box off my bucket list or whatever. And then it took me about a year until I was itching to go. And then two years after I got back, I was like planning to go. So uh, this time I feel very sober about the Camino. Mm. Like I'm not like, I want to do it again. Or, or that's, I also don't feel like it's the most wonderful thing in the whole world. I think right now I kind of feel like I could, I could pilgrim elsewhere mm -hmm. and have just as good an experience. I think part of that was the Norte doesn't hold your hand the way the Francais does. It doesn't, you know, there's not, there's, it doesn't feel as Disneylandy, you know, we're like, Oh, you go into this town and there's like, here's everything that for pilgrims while you're here in town, you can go to three whole paths <laughs> and you can, blah, 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 you know, whatever. There's just there's right. kind of that. Um, and yet I, I'm, I'm sure I will do it again. I and, felt I felt pretty similar after the Portugas because it's it's yeah. uh, it certainly wasn't the physical exertion at all, but different the the that is the same and that there, there isn't all of that history the same types of things that you experience on the Frances so it it does change your view about that and but I I would agree with you I I I I I think after the first Camino folks say oh I'm done and then that creeps up on them and then right. from that second one on you're like. I don't know. I might, I might not, but I'm not going to say never because certainly that, that changed, you know, everything changes right. and how, how we shift and how we feel about it. But I love that. I love that you said that concept of, I, I feel like the same happened for me is that it really opens up your mind to trekking in other places. What does, what are, what are other pilgrimages around the world? Right. Um, not isolated just to, just to obviously the Camino because um it, it's a beautiful thing in that for many, many people, it opens up their mind to what the idea of pilgrimage can be. And then when you start really looking into that, you feel, you realize how many, how many of these there are around the world. Right. right. And that's, and that's really wonderful because I think before the Camino, I had no concept of that, you know? Right. Yeah. And I feel like, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the Camino again. And, but I think next time I'm going to, go with other i'm gonna take other people i feel oh, more pastoral okay. about it now okay that's so interesting but you say you like don't like walking with people i you still would... won't walk with people i'll <laughs> go with people you'll go with people i mean that's yeah. a similar thing when i went with my sister yeah to have that having that experience together although we didn't walk together all the time was so profound for us yeah i've been i've been meeting with this group of guys for breakfast for like 10 years or 12 years or something. I'm trying to talk them into going. They're they're mostly in their 60s and 70s. Like, we'll just do, we'll just go out of Porto. We'll we'll stay in hotels. It'll be great. You will just we'll do like <laughs> like 12 miles a day. It'll be easy. Come on, guys. And just and just walk with them and and hang out together. I I don't think they'll ever do it, but I'm trying to talk them into it. And Amy and I are talking about going and maybe mm, I think her and her husband. Happy birthday mm -hmm. to my sister today, by the way. Um so the four of us, maybe we'll go and, uh, and kind of, you know, meet, meet in the end of the day and sit down and have tapas and yeah, the whole, the whole experience, the whole thing. So is there something, is there anything that like we've covered that you let or, or not covered, I guess, that really struck you about the Camino Norte, about this whole experience that, that I haven't asked you? Oh man! Um, I mean, it's, so there's it's so rich. We could talk for hours and hours about it, and we we probably will later. But 
on here on the podcast. Yeah, let's. Here, here's actually an interesting question. Okay. After having done Pilgrim Lost for so for three years now, right. you know, I did it for two with you. You've done it for a whole nother year and plus it is having had the, those conversations. Did that, did that really help push propel you into that mindset of the everyday? Yeah. Like, well, first of all, I'm really indebted to all the, all the Pilgrim Lost community and the people who've come on and that have shared their stories. And I found myself tapping into other people's stories along the mm. way. Like um, my, my sort of falling in love with my heavy backpack. That's, that's all Dominic when my, or my conversation with Dominic and he was just talking about the gift of, of sort of going with whatever, whatever you're taking with you, this, you know, taking, taking it with you, seeing it as something to, to share the experience with or whatever. Mm. And he, he was talking about pretty, pretty extreme um physical limitations that he has and uh and so i i did lean on that stuff um i as far as the purpose statement of this podcast you know inspired by these international treks yet trying to live it in the everyday right now i'm not living it in the everyday mm. uh i've come back and like I don't want to walk. Um, I am, however, I'm really, really thinking a lot about taking another step forward in thinking about the centrality of, of relationships, community, and my neighborhood. In fact, I'm, I'm playing with a book idea around it that came from my time in the Camino and my thoughts on the Camino. So that side of being a pilgrim the, the interconnectedness, the interdependence, uh, you know, even though these guys, all these other travelers were gladiators at the end of the day, you're, you're all just desperate for a bed. You know, you're all just hoping that there's a stranger there. There was one night where we were going again, that is pretty sparse as far as travelers. And there was, there's no place to stay. We were all, we were mm. all like, people were getting on, we're getting on their phones and trying to figure out if there was anything. And, and, uh, at the end of the day, Antonio, Jose, and I, they managed to, to get this guy to answer at an old monastery on out, you know, out in the countryside behind a church. And the guy's like, no, it's, he's like, the, it, it was a refuge. It was a pilgrim refuge. He's like, no, the refuge is closed. It's been closed for two weeks. And he was, he basically just said, come, give, come on, give us a break. We've got nowhere to stay. And um, he, he ended up saying, okay, if you get here by, you know, X time, you get here by like 6 p.m. or whatever, I'll unlock the door. <laughs> you, pay, you give me 15 euros a piece and I'll unlock the door. And that's it. Like, like, no, no, nothing, no bedding, no nothing. Like, you just go in, take care of yourself, whatever. Well, it ended up being like 15 of us showed up because we we passed the word down the trail that this place was going to open up. And you got to get there by, I think it was 7. You got to get there by 7 p.m. because we had all walked a long day in the, in the rain. We slogged up the hill. And uh, you, know, you go in and, and this this little old man was so grumpy. <laughs> and uh, and it was amazing to watch Jose and Antonio, how they 
they really honored him. Mm. He just was this old care, you know, uh, innkeeper, basically just crotchety old man who hated his life and hated his job. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And they just treated him with such honor and respect. And, you know, we, we were, ho all of us were hosed. We would have been sleeping in the rain all night if this guy hadn't, hadn't allowed us to, to get in. And we just walked into, I mean, it was an ancient building, like built of stones that were, you know, the size of a refrigerator and, uh, you know, the, the stairs going up to the sleeping quarters were like, you know, like worn in the stone stairs, like a worn divot in it from all, you know, all the centuries of people walking up and down yeah. the, the set of stairs. And, and we all just went in and us unloaded our bags of every piece of cheese and salami and apple and whatever we ha all had just laid out on the table. And like the 12 of us, I was the only American in the group, the 12 of us just sat around and just ate everything that we, we ate every scrap of, of calories we had and just laughed in the darkness. And it was hysterical. It was so much fun. And, um, but anyway, at the end of the day, you know, you just, you really rely on each other. You rely on community. Um, we wouldn't have, we, we wouldn't have had a place to sleep if it wasn't for that old man. And we wouldn't have anything to eat if it hadn't been for each other. And the fact that we just, you know, took everything we had and just said like, let's just, let's just survive this night together. And, it was great. It was one of the best nights of the Camino. Wow. Well, and I think that that the essence of that is way more important than the fact that you're walking around the neighborhood. The fact those are the things in Pocahontas that really are the things that we were hoping would we would we would glean, we would carry right. back, right? That we right. would live out. I mean, I think probably in a little bit you'll you'll start walking again. Right. It's, it's, oh, not like, sure. it's not like it's a, it's a forever thing. It's just like, you're tired. <laughs> you're yeah. Tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I will. I want to, you know, you come back and you're in such good shape. It's like, God, I want to stay in good shape. Holy smokes. I'm at, I'm at my college weight right now. It's like, come on, come on, Tony. Come on, old man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, what a pleasure to hear about all of this. I feel, yeah. I feel pretty lucky. I get to get to connect with you and, um, and it's inspiring. I mean, I, I, uh, I hope one day to be able to do another pilgrimage. I don't know what it'll look like, but, um, but I think, I think the, the idea that you, I mean, here's one, here's one other last question. Do you okay. think that the delay of that two years where you had to wait, because there's so many people out there who want to go, but have yeah. to wait. They have to, you know, yeah. they, they can't do it like you did on your first pilgrimage and pick up and go. And they have to plan it. They have to figure out if partners can take children and all the things. And for you, the yeah. pandemic interfered with that and you were had to had to sit on it. Do you think that changed it at all for you? Yeah. That certainly, certainly delayed gratification is powerful. And I'm sure that that increased sort of the expectation and mm -hmm. the excitement about it. I do feel like we, li we live this thing. I mean, and part of it's because of Pilgrim Lost and other things that every month is a Pilgrim month. I, and I, I'm not kidding. Like I feel that way. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pondering these questions all the time about yeah. what does it mean to, sort of live with a pilgrim heart that have this sense of curiosity and expectation of 
personal challenge, you know, taking on the physicality of life or the, or whatever the, the quest is I'm trying to, to fulfill. Um, and, and, and the profundity, you know, the seeing meaning and things, seeing beauty in the small, seeing, um, not taking for granted, not, not living a commuter life where, I experienced the world through a glass window at 60 miles an hour, but I experienced the world at the speed of walking. And in that I'm able to absorb it as I walk around and I don't miss the beauty in my neighborhood. And I don't miss the stranger walking by who might just want to talk, even in Portland. Sometimes strangers want to talk, <laughs> not miss, not miss that, you know? And, and, uh, Oh God. One thing about the Camino I do miss is it doesn't matter if you speak the same language, everybody wants to talk to you. It's really mm -hmm. fun, you know? Yeah. It's, you just get to say hi. Um, locals, locals less so, but certainly all the pilgrims, they want, they want to chat. They, they want to know where you're from and, uh, and it's fun. It's really, mm -hmm. but yeah. So all those things are, are part of life. Well, thank you for letting me, uh, letting me do a little guest hosting today. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> I just love hearing about it. It gives me, uh, you know, it's those little vicarious glimpses that keep us moving towards, you know, towards, towards that eventual hopeful destination. But ultimately, you know, that, that concept of being just that, that you experience so profoundly of being present and being in the moment, um, you know, we all experienced that <clears throat> we had to, we were kind of forced into that during the pandemic. And so as right. we, as life has re-engaged and gotten busier and we all have, so, so thanks for reminding us today. Yeah. Thanks, Kari. Thanks for coming on. Pinch hitting. Appreciate it. No problem. All right. This is Pilgrim Lost, everybody. Do you want to say it, Kari? No, no, I, I couldn't. Come on. Thanks for getting lost with us. <laughs> Thanks for getting lost with us. <laughs>